Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? All is well. In season tournament time, I know you're excited. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's exciting. Uh, semifinals are here in Vegas. The teams are all there. Uh, we'll get to breaking down those matchups, talking about what propelled those teams past their quarterfinals into the semis, and what should be, again, uh, a great Final Four. And, you know, Adam Silver, again, has got to be happy with how this worked out. Um, you know, new things are always met with hum- by humans with uh, resistance. That's just how we are wired naturally. Um, not me, of course. I'm like, oh, let's see if it works. And it did. Um, and of course, we, as we talked about before, it'll likely evolve a bunch of times uh, in the coming years. But very happy with what we have so far. Do we have ratings yet? So uh, I know for sure the Suns-Lakers game, same game time slot the season the year before, up 89%. No um, so, you know, look, the, and, and, and we'll talk about this more, but LeBron said it. All these guys said it. You give us, the most competitive dudes in the world, something else to compete over, well, you're going to get – we're going to fight. You might as well try to win the thing. That's just how these people are wired. And so it's really cool to see um, everybody going after it and uh, trying their best to, to win it. Uh, we will start with Ask Coach Thorpe. As usual, if you, our listeners, want to get involved and tap into Coach Thorpe's big basketball brain, please send an email to truehoop at truehoop.com. That is T-R-U-E-H-O-O-P at truehoop.com. All right, David, this first question is from Jay. And he's talking about the use of statistics in evaluating basketball players. Um, traditional and advanced stats have become pivotal in analyzing player performance, but he finds there discrepancies when comparing players based on numbers. An example he points to is MVPs like Steve Nash, 0405, 0506, and Stephen Curry, 2014, 15, and 15, 16. In my view, he says, they're clearly superior to players like Tyrese Halliburton this season, yet the statistics sometimes suggest otherwise. Similarly, Jay perceives that Derek Rose during his MVP season as a more impactful player than a current player like Tyrese Maxey or De'Aaron Fox. But again, the numbers often tell a different story. In your opinion, how should we approach these comparisons? What is the best way to utilize both traditional and advanced statistics to accurately assess the true impact and skill level of players, especially when comparing slightly different eras? Okay, before I forget, I have something to say. I, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it after I answer these questions mm-hmm. about the competitiveness and in-season tournament, okay? Um, well, I'm not sure which stats he's referring to, uh, so I'll, I'll do my best to break it down like this. First of all, there are discrepancies between advanced metrics currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get some really smart, much smarter people than me on the show to talk about why cleaning the glass and dunks and threes and some of the NBA.com stuff don't all mesh. Luca's amazing in some, not in others. Like, let's hear why. What, what's going on with that with that data? Um I don't know where Derrick Rose doesn't rank higher than Tyrese or Tyrese Maxey. I don't know what metrics he's referring to. I can tell you that traditional statistics don't tell us a lot contextually. If I can see points per game or I can see field goal percentage, I can learn something from that. But I can't really see impact on how the game is going for because it's about the team scoring, not just you scoring. So we need the advanced metrics, I think, of seeing how the team is doing offensively when you're on the court. How is the team doing when you're on versus off? And then, of course, half the game is defense. And we have so little counting stats for defense. We have to have advanced metrics for that. So the error comparison is challenging. Uh, I, I was just texting just now with uh, our friend Seth Partnow, mm-hmm. uh, the article we wrote about um, how the uh, uh, Pacers are the Rockets 2.0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wrote me. 
I'll do you one better. The rock, the, the Pacers are the the Nash's sons 3.0. I'm like, oh, it's it's good. I've been saying Nash's yes, Alburn's yeah, Nash, so that's good. Um, but that those Suns teams, I believe, if we looked at today's uh, pace metrics, would rank last by a lot in terms of speed of the game. So uh, we're getting a lot more possessions now. Uh, and so it's tough era to era. We have to look at per 100 possessions and then recognize, and, and, and not to get political, but uh, I do have, I'm a pragmatic person. So while I can criticize Thomas Jefferson and those, Jared Washington, for being slave motors and whatever, I also recognize that if they weren't, they would be in the minority. And so that we, again, not at all absolving anyone of owning people, but, but we always have to f- consider the errors, uh, whether it's the hand check era and the illegal zone defense era and, and blah, blah, blah. It's challenging. So the waters, to think the waters won't always be a little muddy is a mistake. There's always going to be some muddiness there. So I would argue, though, on behalf of the data people, they're spending a lot of time building these advanced metrics. And I really trust them, Gerard. I think you do too. Of course. You do cite them all the time. Yep. And, um, and let's, let's understand that the, the comparison of players through different areas is always going to be a little bit uh, a bias. In per, you know, we, we can't really come up with a fair metric that I can see that allows for all the changes in the way things have played and so forth. And so it's, it's for debate as much as anything. Uh, I think you're so right, David. And I'll add to that, that we, so it's because you're talking about a variety of different things, right? And there's such an emotional connection and tie that many people and fans have to this game because it is an emotional game, particularly if you are a fan, right? Um, If anybody ever tries to discuss Allen Iverson with a true Allen Iverson fan, it's a very difficult conversation to have with them because Iverson means so much to them emotionally, right? And so they're arguing emotion and how he made them feel about a variety of things versus, okay, but when he was on the floor, what did his team do, right? And that's what you are always trying to do, which is you, and you watch games very differently than most people. Mm -hmm. You say, okay, how are you affecting your team winning? Yeah, I see that you did that awesome, hezzy pullback. Great, outstanding move. Did that help your team win or did it not? All right. And how do I interpret if it helped your team win or not? And it's and it's sort of looking at the advanced numbers to tell you that one of the great things Henry Abbott told me a long time ago is you have to be curious. And that's what I am. Right. You have to be curious about something. And then what's going to tell me the answer? I have no I don't know what the answer is. I'm just curious about what is the answer. And my favorite example I use for this, David, is uh, Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant. I, for the longest time, I'll be like people the way they talk about these two. You would, it sounds like Kobe is vastly better than Tim Duncan with the way people talk about them. Like, superior. Like, Kobe is in so many people's top fives all time. It is uncanny. I'm like, but they won about the same when they played. Duncan's got more MVPs. It's like, this can't, like, let me look at the data and see what actually happens. And as you no doubt know, David, not surprisingly, it ain't what people think, right? In just about every metric that is relevant, Duncan grades out better. He just was. No, and it's yeah. just, you know, not to get too political into college football. <laughs> my, my brain is all over the place today. Um, somebody just texted me about this a few minutes ago. Uh, it's it's like we don't think about defense, mm-hmm. but we need to think about defense. Uh, I, those people who are trashing the idea that Florida State deserved to be in the final four for football, they lost their starting quarterback and look at the you know, offense struggled. 
that's just one part of the game. Nobody can score on those guys. And uh, defense matters. Tim Duncan, listen, Kobe Bryant had a period of time where he was an elite defense player on the on the ball when he wanted to be. Right. One of the one of the one of the unfair advantages of being a big guy is you don't get to pick and choose when not to be tall. You're mm-hmm. always tall. Mm-hmm. So if you just stand tall and raise your arms up, you're going to have some impact on the game. Obviously, locked in, agile, whatever, aggressive is it better? So Duncan had a better impact on games because he was an amazing, one of the best ever defensive players. He didn't have to score that much. He still did, but when mm-hmm. he didn't have to or make free throws all that great because the impact he made on the overall game, that includes rebounding too. So, uh, yeah, we uh, advanced metrics. I let my eyes sometimes tell me a story and then I, I need to verify it. Right. And if I can't verify it, it's either because there's not enough data or I was just wrong. I didn't see enough games. Right. It's just you're all, we're, we're such prisoners of the moment all the yes. time. And we have to get out of that. We have to get yeah. out of that. And it's hard. I want to admit to the fans, it's very hard not to be a prisoner of the moment, right? You saw this amazing thing. You're like, no, this has got to be it, the greatest thing I've ever seen. It is for some. Uh, my brothers love to, to to think they know more about basketball than I do, <laughs> and, which is okay with that. I, I, they love basketball and they're not dumb guys at all. And they've been, they played the game and they followed it forever. But they're very much fans like anyone else. And they'll see a, they'll see a team play. Oh, that team sucked. That team's good. They saw one game. Uh, my brain doesn't even just think about going there. Other than to say that team played great that game or played poorly that game, hmm, how else have they played these other games and where do I think they can project? As, as It's just, I've been doing this a long time, and as a coach, we, we, we shouldn't be prisoners in the moment because that's a recipe for disaster as yeah. a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, the second question comes from uh, Robert, who, by the way, is a Furman graduate, and that's going to be important for this, his South second Carolina. question. Carolina, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, in your esteemed opinion, David, how would you approach these comparisons? What is the best way to utilize? Oh no, wrong, wrong question. My bad. <laughs> Why does it seem like the smallest touch on the on the ball handler or shooter results in a foul call, but off ball movements like pin downs, floppy, etc., result in full scale wrestling match before the action can even begin? That's that's Robert's first question. He's right. I, I he there's, it's not, there's no seams about it. It's the truth. Yeah, it bothers me. That that's not to say that you can always grab off the ball. You can't. Uh, I do tend to, uh, by the way, it matters who you're grabbing. Yes. Right? Don't grab Duncan Robinson. Don't grab a better player. You know, mm-hmm. you probably can grab Duncan more than grab some of the All-Stars, um, which is a message I send players all the time is you can't be grabbing that guy. Look who that is. That's a foul. <laughs> grab the other guys, then you're fine. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an issue I, I am concerned about. They, I don't I don't have faith in how, how players can get away with their – their, their hands. So what I advise players, if you're guarding a star, is you've got to use your body. This is where strength and power matter. You cannot grab guys. But the, if you've ever played basketball at a high level, uh, uh, the, the big bodies, and I, I mean guards too, they can impede you without them touching you physically with their hands because of their, their size, their arms, their legs, their hips, their shoulders. And they tend to get away with more. Not everything, but they get away with more. Beautiful. So I work with my guys on hands wide, hands up on a shot, hands wide. Slide your feet, get your body into it. It's hard when you're skinny because you can't control as much. The, I, when I look at college players coming out, the really powerful guy, Marcus Smart. Show mm-hmm. me the next Marcus Smart. That guy's going to make it because yeah. you can defend multiple positions and not draw many fouls. Love it. Uh, and so this is a second question from Robert, the Furman graduate. He wants to know, David, 
to tell your story or your connection to the Citadel again? <laughs> my dad was the Citadel. Yeah, my dad started college when he was 17, so it was 1957. Uh, he was a Citadel grad. And what's cool about this is I probably never told a story before. My favorite player growing up until Magic Johnson, which came out when I was 14. I'm just two years younger, so the Magic um, uh, was um, Jerry West because my dad told me a story when I was like seven years old that he saw Jerry West play in college uh, against the Citadel. And he was an All-American from West Virginia. And, um, and, and I like the color purple. The, not the movie. I love the movie and the book, but the color purple. The actual color purple. So I like the Vikings and I like the Lakers and Jerry West was a Laker and my dad saw him play. And so I fell in love with basketball. That's really wise. Citadel, Jerry West, Lakers, color purple. Here we are today as Coach Ford. <laughs> That's how it began. But yeah, my dad went to Citadel and I was lucky enough to go. I could never go with him when he was alive. We tried to work it out a couple of times. It didn't. I'm very disappointed. It's a small place, by the way. Uh, but um I was able to go while he was still alive with my own family. We all bought mugs and picked hats. I got a hat, a shirt. I've always had a Citadel hat. I never wore really a Gator hat growing up. I wore a Citadel hat. And I wore my dad had his like the, 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 the um, alumni jacket, not mm -hmm. alumni, cadet jacket. Mm -hmm. That was a nice warm jacket. It gets colder in Charleston than it does in Florida. And so when I was in high school, I didn't, my dad and I weren't great friends then. But uh, unconsciously, I'm sure there was something clicking. And I wore my dad's Citadel jacket. Uh, my whole senior year, I didn't wear my Letterman's jacket. I wore my dad's jacket anytime it was cold in Florida, which wasn't a whole lot. I really wish we still have it. We can't find it. I loved it. I think my brother's lost it. Sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of bitches. I'm sure Ricky lost it, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I love it. I'd wear it for sure now. Yeah. Uh, that's a great story, David. Thanks. All right. This last question from Daryl. Um, he's wondering about the trade talks surrounding the Golden State Warriors. Um, he would like you to go over your outlook on Clay Thompson versus inserting Moses Moody in the starting lineup. Clay has been a great star for Golden State, but would it be a better move to have the younger Moody in your starting lineup going forward? I think it should be experimented with. I've not looked at the numbers. Um, I know that Steve Kerr admitted recently I should have played Moody. Uh, you stuck with a brand name, and I get it. Like I don't typically believe in brand names, but these are brand names that Kerr has a right to, to believe in. Um, but it'd be a mistake to do so going forward in, in the absence of evidence to suggest it works now. And so I would definitely trade Moody. I would definitely play Moody more. Uh, now's the time to do it. Trade deadlines and, you know, we got a couple months. Play him, play him, play him. Talk to Clay about it. Play them both together some and see what you've got come playoff time. Because I still think, and this is me falling in love with the brand, I still think there are a team to be reckoned with come postseason. And partly because there's no amazing team in the West. Uh, Denver doesn't have depth. The, the Clippers have their own issues. The Lakers are okay. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there, there's, there's, a, there's a Phoenix that has their own issues. Mm -hmm. I'm not credit, ready to credit Golden State. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, all right, we're going to uh, get into the in-season tournament. But, David, you wanted to yeah. comment on the competitiveness yeah. of the in-season tournament. Yeah, so with LeBron's comments and everything, think about mm -hmm. this. If you and I are going to run a marathon, let's say we're the most competitive dudes ever, I can't sprint for 26 miles, neither can you. No one mm -hmm. on the planet can. Correct. Although, although it seems like they're sprinting. Oh, right. If you, if you look at their times, you're like, uh, that looks like sprinting to me. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I, listen, I remember doing a three-mile run when I was in high school every day, and you had, a, you had to run like five-minute miles. And, uh, at least, and I just remember the guys, some of the guys on my team, which I felt like they were sprinting immediately. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? 
And I learned that, you know, and I can probably run faster than I've been running and still survive the three miles. That's what they do for 26. But line people up for a 100-meter dash. Oh, and it's let's go, right? Mm-hmm. Full bore. That's what the tournament is. It's one game. Bring everything you got. You don't got to worry about tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? It's not an eight, even though it's an 82-game game, mm-hmm. it's not. There's, a, there's an immediate reward, not a long-term reward. It's a sprint, not a marathon. So, yeah, NBA, do this. We talked about this. I mean, I was at ESPN talking about an in-season tournament. Um, then you're going to get guys to play a little bit harder because they can. It's not a marathon. It's, it's a sprint. No, it, it, it's been wonderful. And, of course, we have our semifinal matchup set. Very soon. Uh-huh. Yeah, first uh, game. Five o'clock Eastern will be the first game, and it'll be the Indiana Pacers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and look, we'll talk about how both teams got to the to the quarterfinals. But David, I was so impressed with Indiana, particularly in the second half of that game against the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Boston was up ten, maybe at half or a dozen, and I was like, yeah. "Well, this is not looking great." Halliburton looked kind of listless, and we'll talk about a, a text message he got. He got at halftime. And an inhaler. And an inhaler. And then in that third quarter, it looked like they got shot out of a cannon. And they Halliburton like got juiced on. So offensively, they played better. And defensively, David, they put in effort, it looked like, in that third quarter, which they didn't in the first half. And, of course, Boston missed shots, which, by the way, that has to help you sometimes. You need that. But they also played them tougher to cause some of those misses. And Halliburton was just electric. Um, and, and they were really, really good in, in, in that game against, against uh, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Uh, they had a lot of turnovers, the Celtics did. Uh, w- when you when you think about playing with extreme pace like Indiana does, uh, I've affectionately called it, you know, we have the Cuisinart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jazz called their offense the blender. I'm calling the Pacers offense blur ball. I like it. Blur ball. They just fly it. They're flying. Well, so you do that for a lot of reasons. But one of the effects that are necessar- not necessarily directly, but sometimes indirectly, is you get teams sped up where they'll turn the ball over. They're, they're caught up in the speed of the game. And they're playing a little bit faster than what they're normally practiced doing. Why, why does a quarterback miss out an easy down and out in the NFL or college or high school when there's pressures? Because everything's sped up a little bit. Or high pressure on the receiver changes up that rhythm. So the pace of the way the Pacers play can, can coax teams to going faster than what they're normally comfortable with. And when they're scoring, hey, this feels great, but they're still maybe out of rhythm. And so they're not going to be scoring as efficiently as, as they were otherwise. And so that that's a that's a, a factor. Derek White did not play well, as no. good as he is. He did not neither play did, well. Neither did Drew. Drew neither did well Drew. Either. But they were like, they acted like it was just a marathon game and not a sprint game. They really did. And um, uh, so I was in Miami when Halliburton was there mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, didn't play the second game. And so right away I thought, oh, Miami flew. Mm-hmm. They played Thursday night. They played Saturday night. Hello. Yeah. Like he was out Friday night. Mm-hmm. But I, I, thought, I was not told that, though, I will tell you from Pacers people. They had no knowledge of that happening. I spoke to a Pacers player after their first game when they lost, and he's like, I'm not even going out. This fucking sucks to lose. So, um, but then I thought for sure Miami flew when he also, he must have really been partying. Right. But now I was told that, no, he's he's got a respiratory issue. And, um and then he took that inhaler. I, I've seen players with inhalers. It's like cheating. <laughs> you know? Open up, open up the lungs a bit. Breathe. Yeah. Like, hey, we, know. we can breathe like how much better I can do. And so, um, yeah, he was incredible. But it wasn't just him. And I wrote right. about him today. You did. The guys played 
they, they played really well. They're capable of doing that. Um, and the Celtics were missing KP. And this is what, something we talked about, I think, even before, if I remember right. Uh, the Pacers are really bad at, at paint protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, rim protection, too, but paint protection. They give up more points than paint than anyone. And KP matters. He's, he rolls more. He can post some. He, he can be around the rim and turn a loose ball into a bucket or a dunk or a foul. He wasn't there. And I thought that those factors played into Indiana kind of routing him in the second half and really running away with it. And um, in any one game, that that team, you know, that team can be really special offensively. They're a tough out. And we learned um, not only did he get an inhaler at halftime, he got a text from his uh, trainer, Drew Hanlon, uh, at halftime as well. I remember in our, in our troop group chat, I sent that what Hanlon said to Tyrese in the text. And David and I said, David, if Hallie was your player, what would you have said to him after halftime in New York? The exact same thing. Uh, and that, I, don't, I don't remember, <laughs> but that sounds like me. And, yeah. and that was that Tatum was hunting you out aggressively and going at you. At some point, it's just about competition, right? You got to yeah. go back. You got to fight. You, you, you got to fight, and you're not fighting. And he started fighting that third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of things on that. So good job by Drew. Good job by Tyrese. Good job by the Pacers to allow it to happen. When you're Tyrese Halliburton, what are they going to do? Hey, you can't have your phone. <laughs> I, I would tell our listeners, I don't really talk about this much, but I do a lot of that during the season to players. And um, I don't reveal publicly. I don't care how good they are. Tyrese can do it. I, I've asked my players never to do it. Drew is a different person than me. Right. He, he, sure. he is very open mm-hmm. about who he works with. And I, I just am the opposite. I keep myself private. But um, I, the players want help. And... Uh, People like us know what we're doing to help them play better. And the team should just say thank you. The Pacers should be sending Drew a text. Thank you. We're all going to make more money. How much are they getting paid minimum? Now 200000 if and for this one, I think. Is it, is it? I thought maybe it was one hundred, but I don't really yeah. know. I think two hundred, Or the loser gets 200 It might be 100 and the loser gets 200 Yeah. The loser of the final gets $200. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So whatever. You just made everyone hundred grand. Everyone should be texting Drew. Thank you. And whoever invented the inhaler and had the idea of giving it to, <laughs> to Tyrese. Yeah. Because he suddenly had this spark. And we wrote about him today that he goes nuclear sometimes. He does. He doesn't yeah. have to go as much as maybe Harden did for, mm-hmm. for Houston. But uh, he does. He can and probably will more going forward when he realizes, like, I am Superman. You know, there, there's a walking the path aspect of this that I can. I mean, he's making shots. He, his Sometimes I watch Tyrese play and I feel like Steph Curry. Like when Steph was first doing this, like, what the fuck is going on? Tyrese is that way, too. He is. He's just an amazing. He's 44 percent from three on and, volume. And he's four straight seasons over 40. This is not an accident. Yes. He is that kind of shooter. And I now teach Tyrese Halliburton stuff. If you want to know what it is, I'll tell you. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. So Tyrese isn't very quick. He isn't. He isn't Derrick Rose or Russell Westbrook. Not even close. John Morant. Different worlds. But because he's such a great shooter and he's such goes with the ball, he does a very good vertical attack, vertical step back, vertical attack. For those, he it's like a saw. Mm -hmm. And if you jump too far backwards to pretend protect the rim, he jumps back to shoot the three. And then as he brings you back to shoot the three and you rush out there because he can make that, he chokes by you the other way. So we work on that all the time now with my players. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't it. make it as much as Tyrese does. <laughs> but, but ideally, one day they will be. They uh, will. David mentioned his piece. Um, the, the Indiana Pacers are, are the basically the, the Houston Rockets. Uh, and he said that Seth Kidd, oh, do you want better? They're the, they're the, Nash, the Nash Suns. 
So it basically, but it is that idea that you have an offense around a heliocentric star, right? Steve Nash in Phoenix, James Harden in Houston, Tyrese in, in Indiana. One of the great things about your piece is you make the huge distinction about the pace difference. Not only adjusted to the era, Indiana, uh, Steve, uh, Phoenix will be last today. Houston is from this era. They played slow because James Harden is a master, sort of a, a surgeon, right? When he's out there. Ah, oh, I see what the play is. Boop, boop, boop. Let me go here. Tyrese does it. Blur ball speed. And David, he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. He has a six to one assist to turn. That's fucking Somebody, incredible when you're playing at a hundred, whatever billion possessions a game. I was talking to a really, really talented NBA player who makes five to 10 passes a game, not assists, passes that I just don't, I don't see how he sees it going as fast as he plays. And I said, you know, if you had been raised in a different household, you would have been maybe an amazing speech chess player. They, they're just their ability to pattern recognize and react is extraordinary. So Tyrese has that, but he also is quick to get rid of the ball and transition full court. And then that's why they benefit from racing. And, uh, and then if they don't have in the full court, well, then he's, he plays hard and ball in the half court. And he dictates what's going on. He mm-hmm. he isn't a connector. He's an assist guy. He's going to shoot it or pass it for the assists. He typically is going to move the ball for the Gretzky. That's just not how Tyrese plays. And it works out really good. They're raising offense. Um, yeah, they they and they're getting contributions from others and need it today. I, I don't think, boy, uh, uh, Milwaukee could use uh, Drew Holiday right now for today's game. Got that right. And we'll get some Milwaukee in a second. Yeah. I have a question for you, David. Yeah. How does your processing speed and your ability to process quickly, how does that play into your lack or your your increase of turnovers? Because at that pace that the Pacers play, that turnovers should be just inherent because that's just so fast. I look at, and we'll talk about this game later, the Phoenix-LA game. Phoenix don't play anywhere near the pace of, 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 the, of the Pacers, but they turn the ball over like it's going out of style. Yeah. Like, is it because Tyrese is just so much better at processing or is he a better passer? What is it that caused him to do that without turning the ball over as much? Yeah, well, number one, it's great ball skills. Uh, you have to be able to really handle the ball well. And you you got to stay out of dangerous spots, sideline, baseline, that kind of thing. Traps, avoid the trap. If you know they're going to hard hedge, you know, Miami likes to hard hedge or even blitz it. Uh, hard hedge. They like to meet you at the point of attack. Sometimes they'll blitz. So you know it's coming. Reject it. Don't let them do it. Um so those are all those are IQ parts, and then yeah, I just think that as he's attacking, he can read the game. He, he's reading the matrix. He's reading it at full speed. I know where the LeBron does this. Mm-hmm. I know where this guy's rotating and where this guy's going to come from. A lot of these, he's not alone. You, you'll see a player drive the angle, so like the angle towards the block, and they know as they're getting towards the baseline, they, they want to hit the drift guy in the corner. But they also know that the defense knows that. The defense is sending their guy down to take away that drift pass, the hammer pass, whatever you call it, so they contort their bodies and throw it to the opposite wing. It's amazing. And it's also commonplace. Not commonplace in high school. Not nearly <laughs> as commonplace in college. It's kind of very, very normal in the pros, Europe too, where they just know you're going to make that rotation, so I'm going to hit. But the smart defense sometimes won't, and they'll stay home on the wing, and the player will read it and hit the corner guy and get the wide open three which means the defense fucked up because that's the shot you have to take away. So, yeah, they're just processing and also pattern recognition, training for that, practicing that, drilling that helps too. 
No, it, it's amazing stuff. All right, David, the Bucks will, will be their opponent uh, at 5 o'clock this, uh, Eastern uh, this evening. David, they were white hot from three. I was like, is anybody going to miss from three on this team? No. Was, and it's a math problem. I was like, it's just the Knicks don't score enough points to yeah, when you're yeah, shooting. Just, yeah. I was like, this game's over. I, I literally, I was like, oh, you, you just, you got a math problem. These Jaden, these Jalen Brunson contested twos. Nope. You're, you're, you're going to lose. And they ended up getting blown out. And they showed you a glimpse of what they can be, the Bucks offensively when they're when they're humming. Uh, Chris Middleton played well that game. He's playing well. Malik Beasley he's, was shooting lights. I was like, look, he, if they're doing right. this, I, you got a lot of problems. Um, what did you like out of Milwaukee's game against the Knicks? What I liked most was um, Giannis, I think, took one three. And uh, he seems to be embracing this season the Giannis that won a championship. Uh, not, he shot more threes then than now. Um, I think he's down to 1.8 threes a game. You could look it up. But Which I is think good. He don't need to be shooting threes. He, I mean, nobody can guard him in the paint, and he doesn't make that. Uh, there was a lob play. Have you seen this video? Someone compared it to like, a, like Giannis going Space Jam mode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a challenge to deal with in the paint. And um, that's a problem for the Pacers. Yes, for sure. If it, this Giannis, and Dame looked great. Yes, the, the, the Bucks just shot great. Like yep. you said, uh, I broke up all of Dame's shots down today. He's, he's speed is back as it was last year off the dribble. And so you've got to guard him out there. And so he can zoom by you. He's under control. And that inside outside punch is a big deal. And it's not just Giannis in the paint. Right. And it's not just Dame behind three because of the way Beasley's shooting and so forth. And yeah. I think Connaughton, in the paint. Yeah. Connaughton may not be playing today. I don't remember. I, don't, I, I, I think he's probably out. Uh, so, yeah, so let's talk about this matchup. Um, talk about Indiana. Indiana is the number one paint offense, but they are the number. They're the worst paint defense, yeah. right? But Milwaukee doesn't score a ton in the paint, as you would think. No, you think they should score average. a lot more. Yeah. They're pretty average, but maybe they will yeah. more tonight. I think I, that's. I think going into the game. You, there'll be a strategy of let's let's go ahead and try to exploit them in the paint more. And the Pacers also are number one in preventing three point shots. Yes, correct. Like that and and they make them. So, which is all right. You're not giving up many, and so I, I now the Pacers could adjust if they want. This is Giannis. Mm-hmm. You might want to stay home more, mm-hmm. but um, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Contrast of styles. Um, here's what I'm thinking for that game. Miles Turner hasn't shot the three well uh, this season, but if he does and he is doing that, that's going to now pull some of those big guys away from the rim. And if Brook and Giannis are away from the rim, that's that right? Like because you, you said in your article. The idea of it used a boxing metaphor, which I love. You want to punch a guy in the face, keep hitting him in the gut. Because when his hands drop, the face is wide open. Keep shooting threes. It's going to force the defense to come out. Well, now that the, the lane's open, I can get to the rim. So how big is Miles Turner and everybody hitting threes to pull Brooke and Giannis away from the yes, rim? Yes, it's super important. Jalen Smith is out. and He's 14 of 21 from three this year as a backup center. He's out. Uh, and so um, that would be helpful because I, I, sometimes it doesn't matter so much against this team. It does. Isaiah Jackson can't shoot the three. They don't really have any other options. Obi, Obi Toppin's playing better. He is. Um, and shooting it better. And that matters. That really matters. He's super fast. Uh, they don't really have any starter that is a lockdown defender. Bruce Brown's okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody else really is. And um, Miles okay in the paint. It's not easy with who they've got with next to him. Their best guards, the best defenders come off the bench in, in Nesmith and Nemhard. Uh, Batista Mikado's playing so well, so maybe Nemer doesn't play as much. Um, and uh, that may be fine, although Dame, 
Dame's toughest matchup would be against Nemhard and Nesmith. Yeah. And so um, we'll see how Rick handles that. He might just try to outscore Milwaukee and hope that they don't shoot threes as well as they do. Andrew Neth, uh, um, Nemhard and and Neesmith's and Neesmith's, uh, athleticism was huge in that game against yeah. Boston. You just, I'm like, wow, they can't keep can't stay in front of this guy. And yeah. They got Brown he's, and Tatum, and you know, he's a good player and he's on a good team contract. It's a nice get for them. Yeah. Um. So I think you're right. Uh, we got to do our predictions now. I'm gonna like if if Indiana's gonna win, it's for sure they got to outscore. Right. I mean, yes, every team's got to outscore their. their right, they're not going to hundred probably. Definitely not because yeah, they probably. they can't hold teams yeah. that low. So they're gonna yeah. have to really crank it up. And Milwaukee's fine. They're fifth in pace, so they're okay yeah. playing they're playing fast. Fast, yeah. But so was Boston, and they didn't play so well. Correct. Um. I think a big the biggest factor I think is Indiana had an extra day of rest. They played. Mm-hmm. They played uh, Monday, 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 and not Tuesday. I think yeah. that matters. They've been in Vegas so. since Wednesday. Uh, they've been in Vegas since Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, they got there Tuesday. So um, I still give Milwaukee a slight edge because of that. If if it was the other way around, I would give Milwaukee a bigger edge. But they came late. Um, I think the way they're playing, uh, Indiana's only got a couple wins against really good teams that yeah. are healthy, mm-hmm. right? Porzingis was out. Bam had been out. They beat the Sixers mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. with Embiid and Maxi. That's a nice win. That was a while ago. I think Giannis and that, that Milwaukee's got to shoot well. If they don't, Indiana can whitewash them. Yeah. But um, I would give Milwaukee a slight edge in this game. But still, great story for Indiana to make it there. For sure. And it's been a, been a fun tournament. All right, guys, we'll be back after this brief commercial break. Okay, David. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers will be heading to the in-season tournament semifinals to play the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Lakers beat the, the Phoenix Suns. And after the game, I, I thought, well, this is a great quote by Kevin Durant. He's like, you turn the ball over as much as we do and give the other team 25 more shot attempts. I don't care if you're playing the worst team in the league. You're going to lose that game every single time. And sure enough, they lost. <laughs> I mean, first thing I thought of is they just didn't get enough shots. They just turned the ball over too much. And, and with all that said, David, this was a high game with yeah. seconds to go. Yeah. Madness. Madness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, just, they just didn't take care of the ball. And L.A., I'd uh, had their big three show up, and that was about it. And that was enough because they got so many more shots. Yeah. 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 And, and and Lakers did not shoot the ball well. If you look at their no, final stats, they shot terribly right. in that game. But right. you give me 25 more possessions, yeah. that, that's all That's all I need to win. Of course. And, 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 and they did that. And so LeBron and and, and the Lakers are moving on to the, the semifinals. Uh, they're going to have a nice home court edge. Not only because Vegas is close to L.A., but the Lakers are probably the most popular team in the league. Right, so that also helps. Yeah, anyone that's gone to a summer league, I, I, I my first summer league, and it was in Long Beach, California, in two thousand four, and the the Kings, my player for the Kings was playing the Lakers. My first ever time going uh, at West, anyway, and uh, it was Laker fans everywhere. I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Sasev Sasev Vucevic was their rookie player that yeah. year. Yeah, Vuce. Yeah. My guy had thirty. My Kevin Martin had thirty. It was a good day for me. They... Um, but yeah, Vegas. Vegas, uh, Long Beach, like Summer League, yeah, Lakers, Lakers, this, Lakers, Lakers. So this it's is, this be is Laker heaven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I will say I was thoroughly impressed with how the Pelicans uh, took care of the Sacramento Kings. Did this without Zion Williamson being particularly effective at all? No, he was pretty um, yeah. It was Brandon Ingram, and it was Trey Murphy and Herb Jones and Alvarado and CJ. Everybody, Valanciunas, and David. This team is so balanced offensively and defensively. The Pelicans. I just feel like, look, and they're big, right? Like Phoenix was small and LA had a lot of size advantage over them. They're not going to have that same size advantage over over the Pelicans. 
if the Pelicans are guarding and then they're hitting shots with Hawkins and Murphy the third, like, I don't know. Haw- Hawkins didn't play in that game. I don't think, I think at a DNP, he may not play tonight, but Murphy, Mur- Mur- yeah. he's an amazing shooter anyway. Yes. Like we know yes. he's a great shooter. Um, yeah, I like New Orleans. I think they're, the, they're, they're defending their top 10 in defense, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, certainly of late. Um, Ingram is really a special player. He's yep. just been a bad shooter and wasn't just last game. So, uh, but we know this about Brandon Ingram. He, we talked about this last on Monday. He, he's built for this kind of stuff, man. He really yeah. is. And not just a scorer, but a playmaker, a passer. He's a, surg- he's a surgeon. He's figuring shit all the time. Uh, if Zion can do his thing and Brandon can do his, we, we expect Brandon to do pretty good. The Pelicans, with Valanciunas inside, with all the players, C.J. McCombin didn't mention, mm-hmm. Najee Marshall is a good yes, athlete who plays hard. Guards really Just, well. Herb Jones is a disruptor defensively. Yes. Um yeah, I hope foul trouble isn't a big deal in this game. I worry about guarding LeBron. Well, what's going to happen, right? They, that's always a worry in today's world. That's always yeah. a problem. But How are we going to stop LeBron? I think the Pelicans have the better team. Uh, Grand Theft Alvarado made some uh, – he's just yeah. – and it's like the book is out, guys. Everyone, But you either forget or you're in the middle of the game and you're not thinking about it. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, sweat. I'm like, oh, man, you guys, Fox, pay attention. I, I feel like if you're playing the Pelicans and I – the first person I'm identifying is where is Alvarado? Like that's where my eyes are going. Where is he? <laughs> like you're totally right. <laughs> Should be doing it. It was it was crazy. And so yeah, I I, I expect uh, the Pelicans to really play a good game in Zion. This is interesting, David. As you know, like just like you, I generally don't watch any of the pre or post, but I saw a clip of the the inside guys talking about Zion and Kenny and Shaq. Uh, Kenny and, and Chuck had the sprint counter out. Uh, which would be a race counter for you. And they counted how many times in that game Zion raced once. Yeah. And I was like, that's just, and Chuck was, you know, basically like, look, he's going to be fine in this league because he's super talented and he's going to luck. He's going to just talent his way into like good things, but he is nowhere near what he should be because he's not engaging and racing and all the things you talk about. And I wonder which, which Zion are we going to get? Because if we get the racing version and Brandon's, then I think the Lakers got problems. But if you get the man, I'm just going to do whatever. Yeah, you're right. Let's hope. Let's hope he yeah. repeats. Yeah, it, it, it will be interesting to see. So, yeah, I'm going to go in that game. I'm going to go with the short thing. <laughs> I'm going to go because I know LeBron will compete. So, I'm going to go with LeBron being the short thing, though it would not surprise the Pelicans win. And then we'll go. It's any, any one game. I mean, right. all, all of our listeners have to recognize that any one game is just a myriad of possibilities here and yeah. uh, th- between these four teams. Yeah. For sure. And so I think Lakers and Pacers would be really nice, nice contrasting styles. Um, and then, you know, who knows? Who knows after that? But it would be a good story for the Pacers because they, they've they talked about wanting to win this and really, really being bought in on the idea. And this can help them, David. You wrote in your article, it can buoy them, right? Not necessarily, oh, they're going to win a championship, but this is a turning point. Hey, Carlisle says to his guys, remember in the third quarter? We actually played some D. Guard it up. And now that's we know what it takes to win a game of this magnitude. And you'll tell your players, the playoffs, yeah. you have to play four games like that. Yeah. To Every win a game has a chance to be a springboard or a foundation as you build. Every game. And um, Indiana needs these kind of games. They're trying to build something. They have a, a transformational point guard. They have one. One guy. That's why I compared him to the Houston's mm-hmm. Rockets. Uh, um, they have that opportunities to get more. But they have one now. And uh, winning... Big games with him matter. It matters. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So a little bit exciting, guys. Make sure you tune into that tonight. Uh, David, did you happen to see um, Lucas' game last night against? I mean, it's the Jazz, and the Jazz didn't. I know, did watch right. it. Yeah, <laughs> he's just so ridiculous. He is now yes. uh, forty something n- last night. Yes, another forty uh, point triple double. Uh, Almost he, a fight with uh, Chris Dunn. <laughs> that was weird. Chris, well, and so the audio leaked from that, and <laughs> you're the you're the rep asking what what the hell's going on. And Lucas is like, he's just mad. I'm busting his ass. I'm giving him buckets. Like, what? Is that what he said? Yeah. By the way, Chris Dunn is an, an unbelievable defensive player. And then Dunn's, you could see him be like, I mean, yes, sometimes. I, I didn't. I had the mute off. I had yeah. the mute on. I didn't listen. Sometimes. I wonder what was going on. I should have put it on. That's sometimes funny. A, a dude just busts, is busting your ass. Like, Lucas was smiling the whole time. It just happens. Yeah, Lucas was a joke, man. What are you going to do? Like, it yeah. just happens. Like, what, what did Jason Kidd get so mad at Tim McMahon about? Do you know about this? Oh, this was uh, this was a little while ago, yeah, right? Yeah, maybe and, a and week he, ago. Yeah, and he wanted Tim to, he's like, Tim, if you write more positive things about us, like, you know, it. you'll see. We did so much negativity in the world. And I'm like, oh, Jason, oh, like, no. your team is bad. And they were bad last year. Like, and look, I'm not putting on any capes for Tim McMahon or anybody, but look, and a media's job who covers a team is to report and write what they're seeing. And you guys were bad. Like, you were very bad last year. And he was writing that. You're playing better this year. Now he's writing that. Like, you're not making up stories. You cover what is actually happening. Right. You can get mad at your own social media person for tweeting out negative things about your team. Right. Correct. He doesn't work for the Mavericks. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't know about that. All right. Yeah. No, but Luca. So Luca's now ninth all time in uh, triple doubles. He just passed Larry Bird in way fewer games. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, and he tied uh, Wilt for the uh, for fourth most 40-10-10 games. Um, he's only 25 years old. I know you said he doesn't play defense, so whatever. You're his not- metrics are really bad defensively this year, like atrocious, I think. But his offensive metrics he's are. joke, yeah. yeah. Are we are possibly- you saying they should fire Jason Kidd? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> Well, we listen, listen, listen. And the thing about that is Jason Kidd, who's known as a de- – he, he understands and knows defense. So I don't understand. Because there's a whole lot more to coaching than that. Yeah. And maybe it'll turn it around. They had a big well, against Utah last night. They won by 50 last night. And I mean, Utah without, without marketing and like, I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. Utah who's trying to lose games, clearly. Yeah. Um, but this is about holding Luka accountable. Why can't you know, J- Jason hold Luka accountable on defense? Well, not just not just Jason, but you saw you saw what uh, Hamlin did with Halliburton. Yes, like someone on Team Luka has got to get him to play better defense. Yeah, whoever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah Because Jason's not going to sit him out. And that, that's the way to get anyone to do anything is sit him down. You can't sit him down. And and Rick couldn't get him to come in on defense either when he was there. No, no, mm-hmm. well, apparently not. Well, we shall see. Anyway, yeah, ex- extraordinary game by Luca last night. He is he is something special. All right, guys, you know what time it is. Top five. David warned me ahead of the show. He's like, you're not going to like what I'm doing in top five. I said, oh, listen, it's fine. It, it's fine. It's fine. Listen, teams are jumbled up right now. Some are playing well. Some are not. I, Whatever. Yeah, I almost chose not to play <laughs> at a protest that we can't get five teams that really looked apart. I agree. But I agree. Um, so I'll do, I'll do my best. All, All right. right. Who, who's your five line? In fifth place, I have the defending champs. God, see, we, we've been doing this way too long. Nuggets for me, and I have slash line, the Bucks. See, they're my number four. I know they've been playing badly of late, but they're still seven and three in their last ten. Sixers are my number four. They're my number two. My, who's your number three? Minnesota. OKC is my number three. I, OKC would have been my – is my sixth spot. It was, it was them or, or Denver for five. Um yeah, they're we have the same top six basically, just different yes. orders. 
And then yeah, Wolves are my two because they're playing. Who? Wolves are my two. They're playing so okay. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you're not wrong. And I still yeah. keep the Celtics one. Yes, they lost to Indiana. I know. But game without Porzingis. Correct. Yeah. If you're still very me, good. If you wanted me to do what college football just did and project the future <laughs> as if I could really see the future, uh, uh, which is not how they're supposed to be acting, I don't believe. Although right. I think I'm wrong on that. I think they are supposed to consider that, which is yeah. stupid because they're not any good at it. I'm good at this. I can project the future. Who the fuck are they? They can't project the damn future. Um, uh, yeah, Porzingis out for the year. I would not have Boston number one in terms of projecting them. But he's not. He's out for maybe another game or two. So I, they're not my number one still. David, the last thing before we go. About the Celtics. They have this, and it's happened over the course, of, not counting the, the, the title year where they went to the final, the finals, I mean. I think Tatum just was tired and hurt, and you know they, they couldn't perform in, in, in the final game. The Celtics in the playoffs kind of have this habit and this way of like being a bit too casual at times and like taking their foot off the gas and not going for the kill shot. And I feel like some of the things that happened like that we saw in that India. Yes, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the reason. The only reason Indiana played better in the second half for sure. But the Celtics kind of like, oh, we're up 12. Cool, we're good now. They have a little bit of that in them. You see that? That like, eh, we're good. I'm gonna coast now. I don't think it's as pronounced as that. I think that there is a human nature is to get casual about things, and that's where coaching comes in. But it's also where leadership comes in. It's also where a, a player um, has got to get his guys to recognize there's nothing else but this possession that matters, and we can't take our eye off it. It's all these phrases. But there is a, there is a truth to that. The, the yeah. best leaders are really good about that, keeping, you know, we live in the moment, one moment at a time. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy the in-season tournament semifinals and the championship game on Saturday. We'll be back on Monday. Take care.